Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we're going to be bringing you the first of a special series we call Fuck Up Fridays, where <laughs> Isaac and I talk about terrible fuck-ups in our careers and histories, uh, and giving you a break from the awesomeness that is Never Rewrite uh, and all the glory that it is. Uh, these are going to be special episodes for when we just really didn't have our shit together. Uh, and we needed to fill it. We wanted to keep going, but we or didn't have it. canceled, yeah. Or guest canceled, <laughs> yes. Uh, so today, we are going to kick it off with the story of how Isaac got his company raided by the FBI. Oh, but not the company. Uh, the, the company's oh, no. customers. <laughs> but oh, still so just company as interesting. The company didn't get raided by the FBI, only the customers. Only the customers. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Which is even so, more interesting. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. So, you were working for a SAS. Yeah. Well, yes. I was working for a SAS. Uh, and so I guess some history there. This is like uh, the first place I was out of, um, or one of the first places out of college. So, I was really green to the field um, in, in software development in general. And also, I didn't really know what to expect out of companies. You know, this is my first, or one of the first, rather, jobs that I'd had that was like, you got to take it seriously. You're not, not in college anymore. Um, this is how things are supposed to work. Cause I, I don't have any frame of reference cause I hadn't worked at a, at a ton of uh, places yet um, besides my own independent stuff. Yes. And that first um, illusion right there, the idea that just because you're working at a real company with a real job means yeah. that they actually do things the right way. Right. I had a lot of assumptions 10 years ago about, you know, everything in the world, like the way businesses work, the way politics work, the way life works. Um, a lot of them proven wrong over the years. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so this particular company, uh, but at first they just built websites for people. Um, most of them like WordPress websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some of the coworkers I was there with, we we would just, we would be hired to do some of the more tricky WordPress customizations that couldn't be done through like a template or something like that, or through a plugin or just configuring plugins. Uh, however, <clears throat> there was a particular customer that needed uh, basically a, a visually appealing way to look at their sales. Um, and this was a compounding pharmacy. And so they had sales reps working for them. And I, I might get this set up a little bit wrong just because, again, I was really focused on delivering the technical perspective and not super familiar with the product. Well, you should probably tell the listener what a compounding pharmacy is because it's not obvious. Uh, it's not obvious to me either. But from my understanding, they take a bunch of different things, uh, make mix mix them together for like different creams and stuff, and then sell them or attempt to get them sold at certain providers. Yeah, something like that. Well, so a compounding pharmacy is a pharmacy that will compound the ingredients. So imagine every generic drug is made by somebody, right? Who's like, oh, well, if you want, like, I don't know, some, if you want Tylenol, you get Tylenol. But if you just want acetaminophen, you could go to a compounding pharmacy and be like, hey, make some acetaminophen and make it this strong. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll mix it together and compound you some pills. Uh, that's super useful mm-hmm. for people who have allergies to like um, stuff that's in regular pills. So like, oh. uh, I fell into a rabbit hole once and learned lots and lots about people who are allergic to gluten. And many of the regular pills that you would get at the drugstore have gluten in them because they do. 
Um, and so if you have, if you are super gluten sensitive and you need medicine, you might have to go to a compounding pharmacy and have them make you a generic Sudafed, but without the gluten in it. Got it. Okay. So, or because you've got your own medicine that you want to produce. Sorry, go on. Got it. No, that's okay. That's a good clarification. Because again, like I had a generic idea of what they were doing and they were mixing com compounds together, but I didn't know the usefulness of it or the structure very well. Because at the time I was just a junior engineer and I'm just trying to build what they tell me to build, which is actually kind of the first problem. Uh, later in my career, uh, I, I became more familiar with understanding the end effect of <laughs> how the, why, why we're making money to begin with. But at the time I didn't really care. It was a job that was paying money there's a compounding pharmacy doing stuff and they just needed to see their data better. That's the way I looked at it. So we worked with one of the pharmacies and built a product. So they used a different database. One was called Pinnacle. One was called RX30. They're like very, yeah, I never heard of them either. And they were just strange database types. Um, and they basically wanted a way to kind of take all of their sales and display how much money they were making um, and then also for the sales reps that went and tried to convince other places to use their compounds, um, they had like a, a pyramid structure, not a pyramid scheme, but like a structure of like contractors or sales reps that had their own teams and those could have their own teams all the way down. And they would earn a certain commission off of these contracts or getting people to sell or, or purchase these, these compounds. But they couldn't see it because this old database was nobody knew how really how to work with it. It was like from the sixties or seventies or something. It was just like a super old thing. And so we needed a way to kind of port that data to something like MySQL that we could understand, like sync it. And then we could toy with it and make a really nice login portal. So they could see just how much they made that month, aggregate like all of their, uh, you know, basically add all of their sales, subtract all their costs show a nice portal for the sales reps to log in and see how much commission they made and how much they had to pay. Maybe even edit the percentages that they make, if, you know, assuming their contracts change over time or they get like mm -hmm. higher percentage or something like that. Um, so that's all, all we were doing. Um, and we had one pharmacy. I don't know all the, all the details of which pharmacies at the time, but <clears throat> I just remember working with one for a bit and people loved the product or uh, so I was told <laughs> from my minimum scope of it was just a small team of like less than 10 people at the time. So, yeah, we built th this was the SaaS product. It was like the company's first attempt at building something SaaS because, again, we were doing individual clients WordPress websites before that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we uh, were doing well. We found more and more uh, customers that were excited. There were also compounding pharmacies that were really excited to use this product. Because uh, again, it just made it made the entire process so much clearer. Imagine like before they just had a database of sales, mm -hmm. and unless you knew how to navigate that database, which they they weren't technical, you couldn't really look and see how your pharmacy was doing. So it solved a big problem for them. Cool. It um, sounds like it was a basically a SaaS for compounding pharmacies that let them visualize their sales data so that they could actually see how much money they were making or not. Do their sales commission and everything else and how much they had powerful. to pay yeah pay out for the for the sales reps made it just easier to add, do the math for them right. so yeah it solved a problem um <clears throat> now separate thread that might seem like a complete <laughs> digression from the main theme here uh, but very related we found out later we found out through a very strange 
interaction that there is an FBI office next to us. Completely coincidental. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just set up <laughs> the spy nearby. They had been there. It was a building. It was unmarked. But one day, uh, my friend Aaron and I were going to uh, to get some food mm-hmm. uh, for, for, for lunch uh, nearby. And um, he stopped to throw away the trash in the dumpster nearby. And as he threw, as he opened the dumpster and threw threw the trash in on our way out, <clears throat> he saw a really nice briefcase in the dumpster. So he takes the briefcase out and goes, wow, okay. And he actually collected briefcases, coincidentally. Okay. Um, you know, he just happened to, he's like, this is a nice briefcase. Wow. And so he takes it. And then uh, we get in the car and we head to our normal spot. Um, as we're leaving, someone kind of pulls up behind me and I don't think anything of it because we're just leaving. People are queuing up, you know, to take a left turn there to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, by the way. This setting is important here uh, for, <laughs> for, for later for the show notes. Uh, okay. Um, We've never actually done show notes. Oh, well, we have. Yeah, yeah. Have? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like look at some I... previous episodes and I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so. Anyway, so as I'm driving there, this person is like tailgating me. They're like riding my ass like all the way there. And I'm like, what is the deal with this guy? I'm getting really frustrated. And fortunately, it's right down the road anyway. And so we pull into the lot and actually the restaurant had closed. We didn't know that. And so we pull up to Mm -hmm. a closed restaurant. And then this person pulls up next to us, comes out. And he's like, hey, how you doing? And like, just like, he's like this built dude. He rolls right up to us super confidently. And I noticed the guy who's been tailgating me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, did I do something that he's gonna like beat the crap out of me like what's going on and he just pulls out a badge and it's an fbi like he's the fbi right uh, and i'm like uh doing okay just getting some food <laughs> completely uh startled uh and of course i'm saying i'm getting some food in front of now this closed restaurant making things look <laughs> a bit more suspicious yeah uh, and he said hey did you grab a briefcase did you grab something out of the dumpster there and we're like yeah and aaron's like yeah i grabbed this briefcase out he's like why don't you do that he's like it was in the dumpster i collect briefcases which also is a bit strange yeah in front of a closed <laughs> restaurant i happen to collect briefcases i mean and the guy's I like go ahead case in the dumpster it's, it's a good briefcase but yeah so <laughs> the guy's like why don't you get back in your vehicle and follow me back and we're like all right because we're not gonna say no like this is freaking us out so we get in we follow him back which again is just down the road um and uh, as we pull in, the entire office of the FBI office is like outside waiting for us now. And it's like, we're like, what in the world is going on? Uh, <laughs> so we pull in. Uh, the guy asks us, can we look in the vehicle? And I'm like, yeah, like there's nothing in here. It's just like mm-hmm. an old beat down <laughs> Ford Taurus. So they look in, they grab the briefcase. They start inspecting the briefcase really thoroughly. Uh, and then they they asked us what we're doing again we're like we're just going to get some food you know we didn't realize the place was closed but seriously that's all we're doing uh and uh then like they at some point i guess they're convinced that you know we're just two innocent people and we don't really have any we tell them we work right next to you you know like we're from the office right here we saw in the dumpster we just took the trash out you know we have trash (laughs) and they said well you can't take anything from that dumpster that's an fbi dumpster no kidding and i'm like it's a public dumpster. I don't know what makes it an FBI dumpster. There's no markings on it other than the <laughs> fact it's like at the backside of the FBI building. But like right. it's like an entire suite of offices, including like a dentist's office and other stuff that were nearby that all throw their trash there. So I don't know, whatever. 
But in the end, they clear the Glorious to say everything's good, we're fine, and they actually give Aaron the briefcase, which oh. is a fantastic story for. for I hope for he him has it tell. still. I hope he. I'm sure he does. Uh, so they, and that's <laughs> so. Again, obviously from the title of this episode, related. But mm-hmm. at the time, we were like, that was the weirdest thing in the world. I, I've I've never had anything remotely mm-hmm. similar happen to me in my life, and I was just completely baffled. So we go to lunch and we tell everyone the story, and we're just like a little bit shaken, like, what in the world? Why would they care about someone taking a briefcase? Was it like some weird setup, or like, <laughs> what's? It? Sounds like it must have been a setup or something. Very yeah. strange, and there's nothing we know of in the briefcase, but maybe they took it out. I don't know. Anyway, Probably so back out. to our story. Um. So, so that let, let lets us know that there's an FBI building next to us, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time seems and is. A completely I mean, the FBI's got to have buildings somewhere, right? Why not? Next yeah, to you? yeah. It just, did, I mean, it's literally the next building. So we're just like, wow, okay, that's an FBI office. Now we know. So, <clears throat> anyway, the uh, we uh, back to our company. We were growing. We have more pharmacies. Uh, signing on to use the software um our ceo seems excited um money seems to be rolling in i'm using seems a lot because i found out later a lot of this wasn't as true as i thought it was um <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so uh and we just keep adding features to this platform you know we make it nicer we make it responsive you know um we have to worry about hipaa compliance and security because of like I guess pharmacies, medical stuff. Pharma- yeah, medical stuff, you know. So we learn a lot along the way. We have to work with this provider, um, like this open database software that to, to use to help sync from this old Pinnacle RX30 kind of thing to sync with MySQL. Mm-hmm. Um, we find really nice ways to basically have this on client software start syncing data with us, where we're holding all the data and like. We're finding ways to kind of move the data over so we can manipulate it better because the old database is strange. Um, we end up going to like a conference for the PHP software that we built to send. Yes, it was still PHP. This is where I learned PHP. Uh, Cake <laughs> PHP, the framework, actually. So we go to that conference. We're paying for conferences. You know, we're doing that. They're like, well, cool. You know, we're going we're gonna to make it big. <laughs> I get a percentage of the company. I have equity in it. I'm excited. You're like, wow, what are the chances my first uh, startup out, out of college is going to be? Um, gonna hit you know gonna hit and then i'm gonna be set for life at at the time i was like 22 or three or something so some things that stood out is as we were onboarding different pharmacies we noticed one of them had a network so it was called the blank network and uh it had pharmacies like in alabama and florida and utah and it was just kind of like random states at the time um and so i'm like oh interesting and so we're you know we're we're setting everything up but basically, as we onboard more pharmacies, um, one day, or I guess everything seems seems okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything in the middle I'm missing here, but I can always go back and add it. But yeah, so on the way back one day, we see on the way back from from lunch one day, we see one of the first pharmacies that that signed on with us. They're actually in the same place in Hattiesburg. Uh, we still had FBI in front of their building, and they're being raided, and people are seizing like computers. And, all kinds and of how things. did you know it's the FBI? Did they have their jackets on? Uh, well, we we saw a bunch of law enforcement, and then we looked up the news <laughs> later, mm. uh, and we found out it was the FBI. I guess uh, there was nothing. I can't think of a generic like an FBI marking or anything at the time. It could be who knows. We noticed a big hubbub at the pharmacy and people taking stuff out, so we just assumed it was a raid and assumed it was the FBI, and we were right. 
So we looked at the news later and we found out they were being raided. And it was something to do with uh, fraudulent, fraudulently billing uh, TRICARE, the Veterans Health Insurance. Okay. Um, and so we didn't really know what was going on, but we knew that we were our primary customer. Uh, and we were like, okay, well, that's not good. <laughs> it's got to be a ding to our like bottom line, <laughs> considering. Um, so we go back to the CEO and we're like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, we don't really know yet. Just to continue work as usual. And we're like, all right. And so I don't know if it was the same day or weeks later, uh, we hear about another net- uh, network or another pharmacy group getting raided or something akin to that. Um, and so we look up the news related to it and they have got like a pharmacy in Alabama and Florida and Utah. And I'm like, oh, man, because <laughs> those, those same states stuck out to me when we onboarded them because they were just kind of like kind of random. You're like Utah, in yeah. the middle of the, you know, we were doing like, this is in Mississippi. So I assumed everybody would be kind of like in Alabama or nearby. Um, so it was a network. It was the same network. And we're like, OK, we'll go back to see you. And we're like, um, what's going on, man? <laughs> Uh, and so it, it, it later as we find out, um, apparently all the ingredients that go into certain compounds they were using for creams or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what they use, they can get a kickback from the TRICARE Veterans Health Insurance for certain compounds. So they would actually okay. put compounds unneeded in certain creams. And this is this is my understanding of it, it could be slightly off. They would they would put the most expensive compounds they could find to get the highest kickback from this insurance. So they could fraudulently build this insurance. They get the most money out. So inadvertently this platform that we had created to help them with their sales kind of also helped them uh, organize uh, their, their crime, (laughs) so to speak. So we, we had no idea what they were doing. We just gave them a nice portal to do it. So I guess the, your portal let them see, oh, these are the compounds that we get paid the most for from TRICARE, from the Veterans Care. Yeah. Therefore, we're going to make these custom creams and we're going to put the most expensive compounds we can in there, even though they're not really related to whatever the symptoms are. Well, I don't know if paid. it necessarily made it to where they changed their decision and go, oh, there's a pattern here. I think they might have already been doing it. I think uh, it just kind of helped them see their stats and help them onboard more salespeople or, or maybe it did too. But I do remember seeing TRICARE as like listed as an insurance on a ton of items. And I was like, mm-hmm. dang, TRICARE is really popular. Not knowing anything about that. I was just building a portal. So um, yeah. And then at one point we actually start seeing it. We, we pull into the office one day and we actually see seize like boats, Porsches, uh, vehicles in the, our parking lot because the FBI had actually seized <laughs> assets <laughs> of some of the people nearby. And ironically, we're like, there's the situation in which the same people like the FBI are like seizing the assets and they're in the parking lot of us. Like <laughs> the coincidence is just astounding. Like, <laughs> so you baffling. build a portal that helps companies defraud the government. And then next door is the FBI who is raiding your customers. And they're dumping and the seized assets in the parking lot. I'm parking my the beat up Ford Taurus next to a Porsche that was seized. Yeah. Yes. It's the wildest story. <laughs> uh, that's what I was saying later. The context matters because you can. Uh, I actually Googled it before today and, and typed in like TRICARE uh, fraud, something like that. And the first hit I got was Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm. um, which, you know, could be just because Google, you know, 
that was Google my search history. Yeah, yeah. But uh, either way, uh, it's 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 a it's an article. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. So we can go check it out. Uh, and then years later, uh, John Oliver uh, did an episode about compounding pharmacies fraudulently billing to track your health insurance because so, it wasn't even just a Southern Mississippi thing. It was all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was an entire like hour long episode of his weekly um, episode, ep- weekly uh, show that covered it. And I was like leaning forward, wondering <laughs> if they would say any names that I knew. And they actually didn't. But I was like, dang, uh, <laughs> wild. So so bring it back to me. So you had a comp- you were working at a company. You're just doing kind of undifferentiated WordPress setup for customers. Mm-hmm. You hit on. You, you stumbled into an actual SaaS where you were going to do sales uh, portal for compounding pharmacies. Things are going well. And then it turns out that all your customers are, are committing crimes. Did did the FBI right. ever raid you or not raid, but I like guess subpoena uh, your company that you know of and, and get like the billing records so that they could find other people who are probably doing the same thing? I, I don't know. We asked our CEO about that because, again, like they they're the FBI. They've seen they know what we're doing and we're right next to them. Like, so mm-hmm. surely our CEO has talked to them about this, I assume. Um, again, I don't know the full story there, but I would imagine I, would, I mean, if I was the CEO, I would be a little, you know, want to go ahead and be very forward with law enforcement to be like, you know, we we provide a portal for them. <laughs> we're not helping them commit fraud or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't really know what kind of conversations were had. So what happened then? Did the, did the product fall apart? Did you stop having paying customers? Well, some of the customers were legit. So, uh, we lost like 60% of our customers. So the rest of them were, (laughs) I guess we're just normal compounding pharmacies, just trying to compound stuff. However, uh, it spooked a lot of people in the company mm-hmm. and everyone kind of started looking around for like a backup, assuming that, you know, the, the dominoes were going to fall. Like maybe, maybe the other people that remain actually are just not rated yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you don't really know. And then we had a chat that, uh, well, I won't go too into the details with other things there, but basically we found out that the funding wasn't what we thought it was. Um, I was asked if I could stay on for the year, like just mm-hmm. commit to be there and not leave basically. Um, and at the time it was like February or something. So that was a long commitment. And I was like, yeah, you know, and I just kind of felt like I was talking to the CEO and I felt kind of forced to say yes, because it was my only source of income. And, and there's not like a huge number of other tech jobs you can find in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. At the time you either worked for Deloitte or you worked for some rando startup. Uh, or or you just left. Uh, so I said yes, and uh, then I ended up kind of leaving anyway, which I felt bad about because I shouldn't have said yes. But again, I just felt like my arm was twisted. But I ended up looking around at that point too. Uh, and it actually, it's actually how I ended up uh, in Chicago. Um, I, I At that point, I was like, let me look around. I found a Stack Overflow advertisement <laughs> for the next <laughs> job of mine. Applied for it as a joke because I was like, there's no way I'm going to uproot my entire life and move 900 miles away to a brand new state. Uh, and then they liked me enough and they paid for everything. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll move 900 <laughs> miles away. <laughs> uh, so uh, what yeah. happened to the, did the startup, did that company survive or did it go under? <clears throat> uh, it was sold, mm. uh, it, but it, it, it failed, I would say. Um but I guess at the end, there were only a certain amount of assets the company owned. 
Mm-hmm. Um, everybody kind of fell off. Uh, and uh, from what I understand, uh, the company was sold maybe maybe to one of the pharmacies that wanted to keep using it just as like a on-premise software or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did, remember I said I had I had equity. So yeah. since the company sold, I got my check in the mail for uh, $89, I believe it was. That was okay. my <laughs> 2.5% of the company. Hey, <laughs> your first company out of college had an exit and you got a check in the mail. That is still better than 99%. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> of, way to phrase it. Yeah. Of that, like, it, you know, yes, it wasn't Google. And, you know, you didn't get a, you can become a millionaire, but you got a check. Yeah. I came away positive for my you first came away startup. positive. I should, I should just leave it, leave it very uh, abstract and put that on a resume somewhere. <laughs> my first company uh, eventually had an exit uh, for which I was minimally involved and responsible, but I think I got like a thousand dollars. Oh, and I was like, that's pretty good actually. At the time I was like, oh man, I got, well, look at this. Blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, yeah, I got more than nothing. Sweet. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually still have the check around here. I kept it because I was like, I'm going to frame this check and be like, this oh, is what happens it? when you gamble on own equity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess for $89. Not bad. Mine was all digital. I didn't have a chance for a check. <laughs> but yeah, that's how my first uh, company's customers got raided by the FBI and how our products didn't really make it. So the moral of the story is dumpster diving. Go dumpster diving. Uh, yes. Yeah. You'll never know what you can find, even if it seems completely unrelated to your life at the moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. I'm going to uh, ask him about the about the briefcase next time I see him. Yes, we, we need a picture of the briefcase for the show notes. That's a good idea. I'm going to ask him, yeah. Yes, the story the story of the briefcase. Um. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for listening to, to Fuck Up Friday. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this is never rewrite. We're, we're not keeping we're keeping the brand, even though we're totally off topic. Thanks for listening to Never. Re- <laughs> Thanks for listening to Never Rewrite. I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And I'm Isaac Askew. <laughs>